1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Some uh, really important Supreme Court cases announced yesterday, the results, and uh, also we'll talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Esther Lully is the executive director of A Real Jewel here on the Paradise Coast. It's the Collier Senior Center in Golden Gate. We'll talk to her about some of the important developments there, as well as Larry Bell, Larry is an endowed professor at the University of Houston and the author of many books. We'll speak to him about his column in Newsbacks as well. It is May the twenty. 20- Sixth. I almost made an error. This is May the 26th. And on this day in 1924, President Calvin Coolidge signed into law the Immigration Act of 1924, the most stringent U.S. immigration policy up to that time in the nation's history. The new law reflected the desire of Americans to isolate themselves from the world after fighting World War I in Europe which exacerbating, uh, exacerbated growing fears of the spread of communist ideas. It also reflected the pervasiveness of racial discrimination in America's society at the time. Many Americans saw the enormous influx of largely unskilled, uneducated immigrants during the early 1900s as causing unfair competition for jobs and land. Under the new law, immigration remained open to those who had a college education or special skills, but entry was denied to Mexicans and disproportionately to Eastern and Southern Europeans and Japanese. At the same time, the legislation allowed more immigration from Northern European nations, such as Britain, Ireland, and Scandinavian countries. A quota was set that, that limited immigration to two percent of any nation's uh, residents already in the United States as of 1890. A provision designed to maintain Americans largest, northern, largely Northern and European, racial composition. In 1927, the two percent rule was eliminated. A cap of 150,000 total immigrants annually was established. The law particularly angered Japanese, which in 1907 had forged with U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt a gentleman's agreement, which included more liberal immigration quotas for Japan. By 1924, strong U.S. agricultural and labor interests, particularly from California, which had already passed its own exclusionary exclusionary law, Against Japan, Japanese immigrants favored the more restrictive legislation signed by Coolidge. The Japanese government viewed the American law as an insult and protested by declaring uh, May 26 a National Day of Humiliation in Japan. The law fanned anti-American sentiment in Japan, inspiring the Japanese citizen to commit suicide outside of American embassy in Tokyo in protest. Despite becoming known for such isolationist legislation, Coolidge also established the Statue of Liberty as a national monument in 1924. So again, because of the communist scare, uh, again, taking a look very closely at who's coming into the United States. Interesting. We certainly need to uh, amend and improve and modernize our immigration laws today. Well, you know, most people hate the media, and here's why. Most stories sound like Biden press releases. In the latest Rasmussen Reports survey, 52% say the media favors Democrats by more than 2 to 1. An equal 52% say they don't trust the media. We can all agree with former President Donald Trump that the media can be the enemy of the people. Majorities of uh, every racial category, 58% of whites, 51% of black voters, and 68% of minorities, at least somewhat agree that the media are the enemy of the people, said the analysis. Isn't that interesting? So if you're feeling that way, well, clearly you're not alone. Target has lost $9 billion in market value since angry social media users called for a boycott on the Minneapolis-based retailer over its rollout of the Pride collection featuring LGBTQ-friendly clothing for children. A week ago, Wednesday before the controversy erupted, Target stock closed at 160 bucks a share. Uh, Giving the box chain, uh, big box chain, a market capitalization of seventy-four point three billion dollars as of early trading on Thursday. However, shares of the company were trading off one percent at one hundred forty-one dollars and seventy-six cents, capping a week-long tumble that shrunk the chic discounters' retailer value to sixty-five point three billion dollars. That's $11 billion loss. Target is reportedly in damage control mode and held an emergency company meeting to avoid a Bud Light situation after receiving criticism over its Pride Month displays, particularly those with items targeting children. Hopefully, uh, corporations are catching on to this. Go woke and you go broke, for sure. Well, there's a puddle on the floor at the New York Stock Exchange from investors drooling over the potential of NVIDIA, A giant uh, tech company enabling the AI revolution on the heels of a jaw-dropping earnings report on Wednesday. NVIDIA shares spiked 24.4% in one day yesterday, and it came oh so close to setting a record for the biggest one-day gain in market capitalization of a U.S. company ever. At NVIDIA, current uh, market cap of $939 billion is on its way to becoming just the fifth public U.S. company worth more than a trillion dollars and the first chip maker to make the milestone. Only Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Amazon are a sipping dome in the four comma club, that being trillion dollar uh, value. And why are investors so bullish on NVIDIA? Because its artificial intelligence is the next gold rush. NVIDIA sells the pickaxes. David makes the chips using the uh, train AI models, for instance. Uh, ChatGBT's training was powered by 10,000 NVIDIA graphic processing units on a Microsoft supercomputer, according to the uh, BBC. And at every company scrambles to uh, add uh, AI to their products, demand for the hardware is booming. It's gangbusters earnings report yeah, earlier this week. NVIDIA projected $11 billion in revenue this quarter, annihilating expectations for $7.2 but the potential is even greater. NVIDIA's CEO Jensen Huang, now a very rich man, says that as more companies integrate AI, $1 trillion worth of outdated data center equipment would have to be swapped out for new chips. Bottom line, the NVIDIA is making so much money already from AI, dispels the idea that tech is in a bubble, for sure. NVIDIA, 25% increase in one day. Well, late on Monday, House Republicans extended an invitation to Rochelle Walensky, the outgoing director of Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, to uh, testify before Congress regarding her agency's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, This move by the GOP indicates an increased focus on oversight concerning undue influence during the crisis. The Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, led by Republicans, initially requested a comprehensive collection of records from Walensky in late March. This request was made in response to revelations that the CDC had sought input from the American Federation of Teachers, a prominent teachers' union, regarding school reopening guidelines in February 2021. However, since Walensky has not produced any relevant documents in response to the committee's request, the committee is renewing its demand for information. Additionally, on the date of June the 13th, has been set for Walensky to provide testimony and provide insight into the CDC's connection with Randy Weingarten and the president of the teachers' union. That should be an interesting discussion. There's, we should uh, actually broaden that discussion about why the CDC misled Americans so much about uh, coronavirus and the vaccines. And by the way, coronavirus vaccine injury victims are suing top Biden officials with new allegations that administration has campaigned to quiet those injuries. They claim that Biden administration is using threats, pressures, inducement, and coercion to censor uh, social media groups for COVID-19 vaccine injuries to prevent them from being raising money. The charges are in a new First Amendment lawsuit based on one legal discovery from ongoing state-led litigation. Defendants' own words, documents from Twitter, and the government itself, along with discovery in AG's suit, uh, chronicle a staggering detail how the feds outsourced censorship speech that raises concerns about COVID vaccine safety and efficacy, and to the extent and severity of side effects. The news uh, suit says, this is amazing. If you follow Naomi Wolf's work, her book, uh, The the Bodies of Others and uh, her discovery with regard to the uh, uh, Pfizer papers, it's just unbelievable the harm that these vaccines can do, as uh, reported, by the way, by Pfizer itself. This is so fascinating. uh, Swiss neuroscientists have successfully utilized a brain-spine interface to enable a paralyzed man to walk through his thoughts, according to and walk using his thoughts, according to a study released yesterday. The breakthrough development expands on recent innovations using spinal implants to generate movement in patients with immobilizing spinal injuries. This is a big deal. In fact, I think that uh, Elon Musk is working on something like this as well. Gert Jan Oskam. A Dutch 40-year-old who was paralyzed 12 years ago uh, received two brain implants and one on his spine, creating a so-called digital bridge across the injured nerves. A portable computer decodes his brain electrical uh, signals and relays them to the spinal pulse generator, resulting in the perception that his lower body movements are voluntary. Combined with uh, regular therapy, the procedure allows osculum to walk and climb stairs with a natural gait aided by a walker, at times without the digital bridge activated. The procedure uh, further opens the possibility for victims of paralysis to regain control of their legs, with researchers hoping to reduce the size and invasiveness of the implants. This is huge news. It's just really wonderful news to see how technology is now being used to uh, help people who've been paralyzed. It's just an incredible uh, development. Well, yesterday, the Biden administration released the U- U.S.'s first ever national strategy to combat anti Semitism. The landmark plan calls on local legislatures, law enforcement, and schools across the country to put a stop to the rise in discrimination. Last year, there were more than 3,600 anti-Semitic incidents, a 36% increase from 2021. It's the highest number since organizations began collecting data in 1979. The Jewish community has faced multiple violent acts in recent years, including the 2018 Tree of Life Synagogue mass shooting. Just a few days ago, a man with a Nazi flag crashed his truck inside the, outside the White House. Biden says antisemitism and all forms of hate and violence have no place in America and announced his nationwide plan to fight it. The Biden administration said it's teaming up with civil rights groups, faith leaders, uh, federal agencies to develop the plan. It's divided into four pillars that focus on increasing awareness, improving security, reversing the normalization of hate and building solidarity. The 60-page strategy calls on enhancing education programs carried out by the Holocaust Memorial Museum. This is great news, and I don't agree with much that Biden does, but I think this is an important development in terms of uh, protecting minorities and uh, Jews here in America. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at uh, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit Johnson'sAirConditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is LifeinNaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with William Yatman. He is the research or, um, excuse me, the senior legal fellow at the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Hardin Show on the Bob Hardin Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 4541
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden show and now here's your host Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. In fact, we're going to be speaking with Esther Lully, the executive director of the Kajasa Senior Center in the next segment. This, uh, we're providing a news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Right now we have with us uh, William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Uh, so tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation.
3: You bet. So we're a non-profit law firm. And we represent ordinary Americans for free from government, or we defend ordinary Americans for free from government overreach and abuse.
1: And there's certainly a lot of that going on. Well, yesterday was a big day for the Pacific Legal Foundation. Two Supreme Court victories, a couple of notches in the belt.
3: Maybe you could tell us about it. Oh, you bet. A tremendous day. Um, Not just for PLF, but for uh, property rights uh, in America. Just a great day. Um, the first case, uh, Sackett v. EPA, um, so this pertains to the Clean Water Act, and for 50 years now, um, the EPA has been going on to people's property and telling them they can't build anything um, because allegedly a puddle or, or a bit of moist earth is, according to the agency, a waters of the United States and therefore subject to federal regulation. Um, we put an end to that um, as a result of this decision yesterday, Sackett um, the EPA again, from now on, um, it has to look like water <laughs> before the federal government can regulate it uh, as a navigable water or as a water of the United States. Um, and just uh, the clients, and our, the, uh, our clients in this case, um, uh, demonstrate amply sort of all the problems that, that were addressed yesterday. Um, they tried to build their dream, dream home um, in Idaho about 300 feet away from Priest Lake. Uh, across the street, across another subdivision of houses. I mean, the, you know, their, their property is entirely surrounded by development. Yeah. And the agency came in and said, you can't build a new thing. Uh, the moist earth over here is a water of the U.S. Um, and we've been, they've been our clients since 2008. And after 15 years, um, we finally got vindication in the Supreme Court. And indeed, it's a vindication for everyone. Uh, this is going to stop the Biden administration, which had just issued a new interpretation of the Clean Water Act. Um, it's going to stop them in their tracks, um, and again, put an end to to a half century of government overreach and abuse under the Clean Water Act. So well, that's it, a big deal. It
1: is a big deal, and in fact, it's going to serve as a uh, example for other agencies that who are trying to extend their authority way beyond what they should. And uh, the Supreme Court now has put a, you know, uh, drawn a line in the sand that your powers are limited.
3: Well, God willing, it will send a signal that will be received by other agencies. Yeah. Um, But I'll note that uh, alas, the the Biden administration hasn't taken too many signals to that effect from the Supreme (laughs) Court to date. Um, The other case, equally important. So this is Tyler versus Hennepin County. And to uh, uh, learn about our clients is to sympathize with our clients and to get outraged. Yeah. So uh, we represented a, 94, a 94-year-old widower, um, uh, Geraldine Tyler, and she owed a county in Minnesota $15,000 in property taxes. The county seized her home, sold it for $40,000, and then pocketed everything. I mean, that, that is the excess $25,000 in equity. Um, so this is a practice known as home equity theft, and it's it's done by 12 states and the District of Columbia. Wow. Um, we took this case through the Eighth Circuit all the way to the Supreme Court, and unanimously yesterday, the Supreme Court said that whoa, states, you cannot do this without compensating the homeowner. Um, so this is a tremendous victory. It's going to put a stop to this pernicious practice in 12 states and the DC of uh, and the District of Columbia. It's also going to, uh, uh, for about a billion dollars worth of uh, home equity that has been seized from thousands of homeowners across the country, or I guess hundreds of homeowners across the country. Um, this is now going to make uh, it's going to make it possible for them to claw back uh, what has been stolen from them from the government. So this is one of those legal rulings with a huge practical effect that everyone can agree. Uh, I would like to think that everyone of a reasonable mind can agree that. Uh, A county should not be able to seize your home, sell it for far beyond what you owe the county, and then pocket the difference. Um, So this is a case with a big-time real-world impact. Both cases have big-time real-world impact.
1: Well, we can breathe uh, freer now knowing that our property rights are being protected by the Supreme Court. It's just great news. I'm just going to add, too, that this $15,000 that she owed... It actually started as $3,000. The other $12,000 are uh, penalties for not paying on time (laughs) over the course of time, so it's more even egregious than it sounds, but uh, congratulations to everybody at the Pacific Legal Foundation. I think it just demonstrates the great works that the Pacific Legal Foundation is doing on behalf of the common man and for all of our benefit, actually, and the website is pacificlegal.org, pacificlegal.org. So, wait, thank uh, you so much for that, Bob. Oh, absolutely! Thank you for everything that you're doing at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Let's let's move to what's happening with the debt ceiling update. What's going on?
3: Well, very quickly. Um, so it appears as though Biden and Speaker McCarthy are getting near a deal. Um, I guess we are in crunch time, and no one seems to be happy. Um, so the contours of the deal right now are a two-year cap on discretionary spending. It won't be the 1% reduction that uh, the GOP House had already passed. It'll be something more like a 0.03% or something, something just below uh, uh, staying even. Um, there's going to be a, uh, evidently a clawback of $10 billion in funding for more IRS agents that was in the Inflation Reduction Act, um, and then some sort of permitting reform, um, which evidently is something both sides agree on, and rightfully so. Um, uh, all told, it would amount to about $1 trillion in spending reductions, um, and right now, as of now, as of this morning, they're $70 billion apart, uh, you know, on various negotiations. So it appears as though they're close to making a deal. The House GOP, um, the the right flank, they're pretty upset, uh, Report uh, as reported this morning. Um, again, uh, McCarthy has uh, seems to have negotiated or come down from what they had passed um, in the Limit Grow and Safe Act. Uh, and at the same time, the Democrats, progressives, uh, they're furious with the president. They think he's bungled this entire operation by giving in any concession. Um, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that, that appears to be where the, the deal is headed. Um, I'm not, I guess, my personal opinion. I think McCarthy, um, uh, uh, look, I think it's a victory. Um, it's, uh, uh, I think he, he, brought the, he made the president blank. Um, and I do think he, he established a useful precedent in that this debt ceiling, which I do think is tethered to our runaway spending, can and should be used to tame our runaway spending.
1: Yeah, well said. Well, they say that uh, when everybody's unhappy with the deal, it's pretty good legislation. So we'll,
3: <laughs> indeed.
1: We'll see how this all turns out. Before I let you go, any comments on the IRS and the whistleblowers' uh, activities? And, uh, well, it sounds pretty egregious and awful what uh, the IRS is doing with regard to whistleblowers.
3: Well, indeed. So evidently, uh, a whistleblower alleging that there's a great deal of Department of Justice meddling in an ongoing IRS investigation of Hunter Biden, um, allegedly political meddling, and that he's been silenced at the IRS. We should know more in short order, as the whistleblower, whose name has not yet uh, been revealed, is set to testify before a House committee. Um, So uh, details forthcoming. And again, it, 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 uh, it, alas, it would be par for the course um, for a, a political machinations at the Department of Justice. Yeah. Well, we can
1: only – there's still the threat, apparently, of uh, actually reducing the budget of these organizations unless they comply with the request. So uh, that gets interesting as well. Uh, William Yateman, again, uh, senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation, uh, celebrating two great Supreme Court victories yesterday. Uh, Pacificlegal.org is the website, Pacificlegal.org. William, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, uh, Esther Lully. She's the executive director of the Collier Senior Center, Gold Gate, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs>
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show, here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network.
1: You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help.
0: back to the Bob Harden Show, and now here's
1: your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Some great performances going on right now, and you can find out more. And we get tickets by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Esther Lully. She is the executive director of the Collier Senior Center, Golden Gate. Esther, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you. Tell us about the Collier Senior Center in Golden Gate.
2: Yes. The Collier Senior Center is the place to be if you're a senior 60 years and older, for sure. Um, our services are Monday through Friday. Bob, uh, Open the center from 9 a.m. and we close at 5 p.m. On a daily basis, we're serving hot meals. Uh, we partner with the Collier County Human Service um, Nutrition Program, where that meal is free to seniors in the community, and it starts at 12 o'clock. Um, all you have to do is sign up a week prior for it, but again, it's at no cost but the things that's taking place at the senior center on a daily basis you can come on in find physical activities where you can look in our calendar for the week whether you want to do zumba you want to do chair yoga you want to paint or you want to be part of our mental health group, um, which is called Upslide. Uh, there's two components to it, where there's a friendship group, and we meet every Wednesday at 1030 to 1130, where we talk about relevant topics um, so seniors could really combat, you know, discussions of isolation, depression, and, you know, just to uplift their spirits. And if they want, they can also sign up for uh, our counseling services with a licensed mental health professional where they could be seen individually. And along with that, we have our direct assistance program for any seniors that's experiencing hardship. Um, it's a one-time financial contribution to help them uh, pay whatever expense they may have. Again, we don't pay the whole thing, but we contribute what we have in our allocated funds. And, again, it's just a place to be to meet other like-minded uh um, you know, fellow peers and have a good time and be recreational and, and so much more.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, the number one problem for seniors is isolation. And uh, as we grow older, we tend to lose loved ones, either to death or disease or whatever it might be. So yeah. uh, it's a great opportunity to just connect, have, build a community, have develop new friendships. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization, so much so that uh, right now the uh, uh The uh, Collier Senior Center has received a grant from the Richard M. Schultz Family Foundation for Children's Charities. Maybe you can tell us about it.
2: Yes. So what a wonderful organization that's always supporting us. And we are very, very thankful for their support so the Richard M. Schultz Family Foundation has gifted us, awarded us a $30,000 grant, for in particular for our direct assistance program. As you know, due to inflation the cost of, you know, housing and how that's really having a great impact on our seniors, we've seen our numbers increase over from 237% um, from last year in need, Bob. So the need is really great for our seniors. It's not just with, you know, um, taking care of, medical expenses or medical equipment, things of that nature. But mm. um, housing seems to be playing a big role in us um, helping seniors, you know, to cover their mortgage, HOA, things of that nature. So, again, um, the Richard Schultz Fa- Family Foundation has been very generous. Again, this fund, this gift that they gave us, is allocated to helping seniors in need, those of low to moderate income that fall 175% below federal level. So if there's any senior listening to this, you are in need. Again, um, this is a first-come, first-served basis. Um, And so if there's a need that we are able to help with, of course, um, we'll contribute whatever we can to help alleviate that financial burden.
1: That's just terrific. If you can imagine uh, living on Social Security and you just can't stretch uh, the money to cover all the things that you need to cover, ha- ending up having your utilities shut off or uh, some sort of a, a eviction notice because of because of p- a rent payment hasn't been paid. So uh, this is a great opportunity, a bridge to help people solve their their problems with the, to maintain uh, some stability in their lives. I think it's terrific. Yeah
2: absolutely absolutely and again we don't cover all the expense but however we do collaborate with other you know agencies um within the community and so whatever portion um that we can help with we also refer to other agencies um to to help so that way we as a community could come together and try to help even if again it's just one time a year so um again, we have great supporters. We're very thankful. Um, Our our members are thankful as well. Um, Not all participate in in this program uh, because we have a variety of members, you know, and and backgrounds. But again, the majority of seniors that we do serve are those of low to moderate income. So this this is a huge help.
1: So uh, can you just drop by or do you have to call in, sign up or...
2: Oh, whichever you prefer. You know, if you want to give us a courtesy call to let us know that you're coming or you would like to schedule a time where I can meet with you personally. Of course, that's always welcome. But nonetheless, um, they could just stop by. The address is 4898 Coronado Parkway. uh, We're referred to as the Old Library in Golden Gate. Um, Again, our operating hours are Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they could just come on by, uh, have a tour, sign up to become a member. Now we're over 1,800-plus registered members. So come on in, be part of that group group um, stay updated with the activities um, seminars educational um, information that you know we we give to our seniors to keep them educated and to know you know what to look out for and how to enhance their lives so just stop on by and again the free lunch program Monday through Friday um, and they need to sign up a week ahead and it's at 12 p.m. to 1230. But come on in and just have a great time and meet like folks. Okay.
1: Absolutely. And I saw uh, a press release on uh, tech classes, beginning tech classes for seniors, which I think is a terrific idea. Maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on some of the other activities that seniors can sign up for.
2: Yes, absolutely. The tech is the first Thursday of every month. It's with premium um, media of Naples. And so pretty much I, I met, in fact, I met with the owner just the other day, Eric, and what a wonderful, wonderful, um, businessman he is. And so as you know, he, his background, um, is in the nonprofit. I'm, it was in a nonprofit, and when he opened up his own media business, he figured that he wanted to go back and, you know, help seniors know how to use their devices. And so this is his way of giving back to the community. Again, it's not a long uh, seminar, but nonetheless, come on in, uh, sign up, and you can learn how to use your gadgets to learn how to protect yourself and just, you know, just the basic and how to use technology so that way um, our seniors don't have to be intimidated with, with their
1: devices. Thank you, Esther. So, uh, your website?
2: Our website is www.callyourseniorcenter.org.
1: Callyourseniorcenter.org. And how about the phone number?
2: Yes, phone number is 239-252-4541. That is the front desk. And from that point on, if you need to uh, speak with me, um, let our front desk uh, program assistant, no, and then the call could be transferred. But nonetheless, once you call that number, whatever information you need regarding the call your senior center, we will provide it. And again, all is welcome to stop on in and just get get a tour themselves to see how just vibrant and lively the place is. In fact, today, we're going to be having our end of the month uh, birthday celebration, which is the last of every Friday. So we celebrate, okay? Uh, Yes, we're assisting with needs, but again, we want our seniors to to um, enjoy their existence. And so we make sure to cater and um, show them that appreciation. And birthday celebrations are always a lot of
1: fun. Well, I I can't tell you how proud I am to be associated with the Collier Senior Center. Again, the website is dot org. .org. Esther, I really appreciate uh, not only this discussion, the information, but also your contributions to the community. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your support. My pleasure indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. To the Bob Hartman Show, and now here's your host, Bob Hartman.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics and they know the policy. They help prepare elected officials. Now, keep in mind, they run for office, and many times when they get in office, they don't have a plan about how to achieve what they want to achieve. Well, that's exactly what the government uh, foundation uh, does, is help prepare elected officials to create a winning strategy in the legislature. I hope you'll visit the website. It is thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Well, you'd be pleased to know the Atlantic hurricane season that starts on June the 1st is expected to be pretty normal. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's annual forecast, the uh, release was uh, made yesterday. For an average storm season, you can thank the once every few years weather phenomenon known as El Nino, which acts as a powerful hurricane neutralizer. Uh, The the agency still predicts 12 to 17 named storms, uh, with potentially four of them turning into Category 3 hurricanes. Last year's 14 named storms racked up $117 billion in damages. And we're certainly familiar with that. Watching that storm surge come up was just frightening. It's just unbelievable. Uh, The damage that, uh, in our case, Ian (coughs) (coughs) did for uh, our community. Well, an IRS agent uh, working with the federal prosecutors and investigators on the Hunter Biden tax probe is allegedly alleging the agency ignored his team's warnings about years of improprieties by Justice Department officials. Excuse me, just taking a sip of water water, trying to get rid of this. (coughs) Frog in my throat. Last week, attorneys for IRS supervisory agents, uh, that's SSA's, informed Congress that the DOJ has removed their client and his entire team from investigation in what they deemed an act of retaliation. The SSA came forward in late April alleging the federal prosecutors had engaged in preferential treatment in politics to prevent charges from being filed against Hunter Biden, the son of the president, of course. The whistleblower uh, further alleged that his entire team had been sidelined after he made protected disclosures. He also asserted that the Biden appointees have limited the ability of Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss to pursue charges against his son by refusing to grant Weiss permission to do so within their jurisdictions. Can you believe that? This is, they have simply weaponized the Department of Justice and the FBI. The claim appeared to be undercut testimony from Attorney General Merrick Garland, who had contended that Weiss enjoyed full freedom to pursue the investigation to bring in charges uh, another jurisdiction should it need, their need arise. A May 20 letter from the uh, whistleblower's current counsel to Warfel, however, references the May 18 letter sent by one of the supervisory agent subordinates. The communication suggests that IRS agents have been concerned for years about the DOJ's conduct in the Hunter Biden probe and felt that They are left out on an island because the agency brass would not intervene. Can you believe that? Former DOJ lawyer Mark Lytle and former congressional investigator Tristan Levitt, who now serves as president of the Empower Oversight, currently represent the unidentified whistleblower. In the letter, the pair pointed to a protected disclosure from one of the IRS supervisory special agent subordinates made directly to Werfel following the team's removal from the case. In the disclosure, uh, the case agent, a subordinate of Lytle and Levitt's uh, client, recounts his extensive but unsuccessful efforts to highlight the issue before uh, contending the agency's decision to remove him, and the team meant uh, that IRS had been sidelined and sided with officials facing allegations of impropriety. The case agent also said his concerns were ignored by senior leadership. Uh, a pair uh, reminded Werfel of his obligation to prevent whistleblower retaliation and his prior testimony to the House Committee on Ways and Means, and his agency would not retaliate against whistleblowers. I can say without hesitation there will be no retaliation for anyone making an allegation or call uh, to the whistleblower ho- uh, hotline. Werfel testified. However, the SSA has submitted an official complaint to the Office of Special Counsel alleg- alleging retaliation, including claims that he has been passed over for promotion despite his qualifications after whistleblowing uh, in this case. The alleged, uh, the latest revelations generated an immediate rebuke of the FB- IRS from Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa, a longtime champion of whistleblowers. IRS Commissioner Werfel. Uh, What are you doing to protect IRS whistleblowers? Grassley tweeted Monday evening. They are being treated like skunks at a picnic under your watch. Unacceptable. You must protect them from retaliation. Uh, It's the law, said Grassley. Good for him. No question the IRS has been weaponized, as has the Department of Justice, and hopefully these commissions are going to get to the bottom of it. So Memorial Day, of course, is coming up on Monday. And have you decided exactly how you're going to uh, honor those who have given so much to the United States? Well, Memorial Day on uh, the 29th, uh, there's going to be a presentation presented by the Collier County Veterans Council. It's hosted by the Hodges Funeral Home at the Naples Memorial Gardens at 525 111th Avenue, North Naples, 34108, at 945 a.m., There's going to be a musical prelude by the Pine Ridge Middle School under the baton of major uh, music director Kelly Parker. The service begins at 10 a.m. The picnic is produced by the Cook Brothers of the Cook Brothers Barbecue in honor of their father, a U.S. Navy veteran, uh, Ronald E. Cook, a Vietnam veteran. All are welcome to this event. Uh, I don't see any charges at all, so you should uh, plan on attending. nine nine forty five You want to make sure you get to the music prelude, and then again uh, at ten o'clock the uh, service Memorial Day service uh, begins. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, uh, Larry Bell. He is an endowed professor at the University of Houston, space architect, and author of many books. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Hardin Show on the Bob Hardin Broadcasting Network. <laughs> You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-325. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eat-In Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239, Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
0: back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of of Law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture, and also the author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design, by Larry Bell. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well,
4: it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure indeed, Professor. So you write your column for Newsmax. The column's uh, title is On Point. The latest is Durham report exposes compromised FBI. Maybe you could tell us about it.
4: Yeah, a lot of us have been watching this for quite some time now, with the, waiting for the Durham report to come out. And, and of course, uh, didn't really know if it was going to be a whitewash or or what it was going to reveal regarding, uh, I guess, what a lot of what we already knew that... Uh, it had to do with the Russian collusion uh, investigation on Trump and how, really, this was a whole concocted affair that uh, was originated by uh, the Clinton plan, uh, Hillary Clinton. She had a problem. She had had all these thousands of uh, emails that were not allowed on her. Lap on her, uh, server and laptop yeah. and server and phones and so on, and a lot of them had, uh, classified information that wasn't supposed to be, you know, on a private server. And, uh, and it was, it was causing, causing a lot of problems. This is when she was Secretary of State. And so, uh, she concocted the whole thing that, uh, you know, that Trump was, uh, including with the Russians and so on to to create a distraction and it's now clear that the uh, top officials in the seventh floor of the FBI, which is the headquarters, um knew about the plan, as did you know, as did Obama and so and so did uh uh Vice President Biden at the time and other officials. And uh it was it was just a it was just a huge cover up. There was no there was no substance to it. It was entirely concocted and and of course uh this put not only Trump but the, the nation through you know years of this uh turmoil over Russian s- collusion, so called and and Durham had released some of this information earlier when when uh he he uh was uh, investigating and prosecuting and and, uh, and calling as a, as a witness, who uh, was a Russian source of this information and or misinformation, and and uh, uh, a lawyer named Sussman who worked for the Department of for the Democratic National Committee also Halsey you with the FBI and so on, so. As it, as it turns out, we, we see what was really suspected that a lot of these top level officials saw that uh, and, you know a they didn't want Trump elected, but in in the in they uh, were uh, doing everything they could to prevent that. Uh, they saw that you know if Hillary, sticking with Hillary, if they can get some credit, I think with. Uh, having her get elected, that would bode well for them in terms of being retained in their positions, high level positions as well as promotions and so on. So it was just, it was just a total, it was just a total scam and, uh, and a very, a very, very destructive one for the country because it affected our foreign policy with not only Russia, but other, other nations as well. And, uh, it is a pretty ugly affair. And then you sack onto that things that, that happened subsequently where, where uh, you know the, the cover-up of the Hunter laptop and and the 51 former spooks and CIA and FBI top-level people that they claim the uh, laptop was disinformation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're really seeing things out of control.
1: <clears throat> no question. I mean uh Hey, and congratulations uh, to Marjorie Taylor Greene for uh, putting forth the uh uh, uh uh papers to uh uh what's the word I'm looking for but uh, to, against uh, not only uh, uh uh Biden but also Mayorkas and others uh, impeachment, uh, yeah, articles of impeachment against these people, and as it should be, because these people have really done great harm. Uh, first of all, it was a distraction to the agenda for the American people. Who knows what Trump might have accomplished had he not been dealing with this this entire time? Uh, but also, um, it was expensive. It was Thirty-two million dollar cost for this uh, for this uh, aff- affair. And by the way, Wait,
4: I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go no,
1: ahead I was, was going to suggest uh, that uh, I saw. Uh, that uh, special counsel Durham found at least 371 Russian Yoda phone uh, lookups involving IP addresses assigned to the executive office of the president during the Barack Obama presidency. So it certainly suggested there that he was certainly aware of what was going on.
4: Well, he was fully aware of it because he had been he been briefed on it, and and. Uh, I believe brennan had as well been in that meeting and susan rice and other other addic- and other high-level people were, were uh, I, there's some i think 60 60 times that was in the durham report that referred to the clinton plan which which is all you know centered around and uh mm. but when i think looking at it even from a broader perspective and a more insidious Perspective. If there is such a thing, is more insidious. Uh, we look at all the claims that uh, you know the the 2020 election was was fair and was not rigged and so on. But how can you how can you claim that when you see all of these top level officials obviously rigging the election by by disinformation and, and blocking information and 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 uh, uh, denying information, et cetera, and and we see it continuing today. We see where you know the you know, Congress, mm-hmm. you know the House Oversight Committee, and so on are trying to get uh, records from the FBI that regarding uh, one one presumably from a whistleblower that suggests a smoking gun, so called quid pro quo that ties. Uh, former Vice President Biden to to influence peddling deal that where probably a deal was made
1: yeah
4: and 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 so on K- getting that information out of the FBI which continues to stonewall and we we see you know Treasury you know the you know the uh, investigation of of Hunter Biden on money laundering and tax evasion et cetera et cetera where that's been Slow walked and slow and blocked, and now we find that the, the you know, the uh, IRS team that that exposed the fact that this has been slow walked. I think about thirteen of them have been uh, removed from the case, and, and, and they've been working on for years. So, imagine if any other, if anyone else had uh, Trump with a Trump name, for example, had, had had done such a thing where. Where there are uh, people investigating uh, one of the, one of the siblings, one of the one, of the, uh, one of the one of the uh, children is uh, you know the, the, the team investigating them is being fired.
1: Yeah, it's just
4: and that's a- the one like what happened with with Biden and Burisma in, in Ukraine, where he he, he withheld a, a billion dollars until the Fire the prosecutor that was looking into this corrupt energy company with others on the board. I mean, this stuff's really, really, really bad stuff.
1: Bad stuff, indeed. In fact, I can recall a period in our history where there would be real shame associated with uh, somebody being accused of these things. You know, people, <laughs> you know. But right now they're just uh, performing these acts uh, uh, with uh, impunity. They just don't care. They don't even care what the American people think.
4: Well, they think they, you know, they and they do. They've got the whole Justice Department lined up. uh, Merrick Garland has turned out to be a totally political character, and you know, you look at the uh, you know the classified, so-called classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, for example, and then and then they turn up in 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 Biden's garage and and next to his Corvette, and it's no big deal. Uh, I guess that Jack Smith, Smith is coming up with. Probably some charges against against Trump for you know for these for these documents and and the, the double standard is just is just absolutely uh, amazing you know
1: appalling um, appalling, appalling indeed yes uh, again uh, Professor Larry Bell I encourage you to take a look at his latest book Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries My Life by Design by Larry Bell also his column in Newsmax.com, T- terrific. On Point uh, is uh, the name of his column, and he publishes a couple each week. Professor, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Always a pleasure, Professor. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We are going to have a show on Memorial Day. I hope you'll... Tune in. We've got great guests, including Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Larry Reed is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington bureau chief and author of several books. His latest are Mysteries, and they are great reads. always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. It's one of the ways we get the word out and support our uh, advertisers.